Well, good morning. Very warm welcome to you, whether you've been coming for a long time or a short time. It's good to see you all, and it's good to be back with you after holiday time. Uh, just uh, as, we, as we come to worship me, you all know God's loving presence with you. Our call to worship comes from Psalm 33. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the ten-stringed lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all, all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. So let's worship God as we sing our first hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness, Mission Praise 200. Let's pray together. Lord God, great is your faithfulness and your love towards each one of us, and we thank you that we can come together this day to worship in your holy presence, knowing that you are the holy God who made us, who 
redeems us through our Lord Jesus Christ and who lives with us by your Holy Spirit today. We thank you for all that you have for us today. We thank you that we can pray together in freedom, that we can uh, worship and praise your name. We thank you that we can listen to your word, and we thank you that you want to encourage us and strengthen us however we come today. And so, Lord, we are conscious that uh, there are things in our lives that uh, weigh us down. There are things that we need to confess before you, and we ask, Lord, that you would forgive us for all those things we know to be wrong in our lives, that you would cleanse us with your Holy Spirit, that you would put a, a new and right spirit within us, and that you would help us, Lord, to lay down the burdens of worry and anxiety, knowing that you care for us completely. We thank you, Lord, that you are the God who is faithful in all your ways, and that you come today to give us hope in you. So help us, Lord, to live for you, to be strengthened by you, and to worship you with all our hearts and minds this day. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory, forever. Amen. Now, Rosie and I have just been on holiday, and uh, I wonder, I'm sure some of you have been on holiday over the summer. Maybe some of you are planning to go on holiday soon. But uh, I just thought this morning I would say, uh, I'm sorry if you're, you're back out of the holiday mode, but I'm just going to get us back into holiday mode for a few minutes. Um, think of all, first of all, the sorts of things that you might take on holiday with you. And I've brought a few things, not a full amount of things that I take on holiday, but uh, uh, let's see what we've got. Um, oh, I've got a beach towel here, so you can kind of already tell the kind of holiday. And uh, to go with the beach towel, um, got some... Uh, swimming trunks, which I'm not going to put on, um, and a hat, which I might just put that on, just put, get into holiday mode here, and um, sunglasses, well, um, I, I won't put those on because you might disappear, I might not see you very well, so, but we've got those, and uh, rather optimistically, um, I've got some sun cream, I think uh, that's not really been used very much this year, so um, what, what other things what would you bring on holiday that's not in this bag? Anything in, you, you might bring on holiday? What's your things that you really need? Umbrella and walking boots. Okay, that's a good, you got it covered there. Um, anything else? Toothpaste and toothbrush. Camera. Now that's funny you should say that because that was the one thing we forgot. Uh, now we have got our phone cameras, but um, we, we actually could have done with our, our, our we got a slightly nicer camera for some shots, but we forgot that. And, and I wonder, have you ever forgotten something on holiday? You've gone away, and it's like, oh no, I've just forgotten. Anyone forgotten their passport? I had a relative who forgot their passport, and that was a desperate journey to the airport to get it to them in time. But uh, um, anyone forgotten anything that you want to admit to, anyway? So, sorry, pills. Well, yes, that's. Oops, <laughs> your pills. Yes, that's an important thing not to not to forget. Um, if you need pills, definitely. Um, well, you know we. Um, I'm sure we'd all admit that we forget things at times, whether it's on holiday or doing something else, but the good news is that God never forgets us. He never, there's never a day where he says, oh, I forgot about Gavin today. I wonder he's getting on. I better check in and see how he's doing. And, you know, put your own name in that. And God never forgets about you. And, you know, we can forget things, but he never forgets. And that's a really reassuring thing. 
um, because, you know, we are, sometimes we think God is like us, and we, we think, oh, he's just forgotten about us, but actually, he never forgets us. And it says in the Bible, in Psalms, I think it's Psalms 27, verse 10, that even if our mother and father forgot us, God would never forget us. And that's a, that's a really reassuring thing that, uh, you know, we, God always remembers us. And uh, there's just um, that other thing is that God has done everything that we need to live. He's given us Jesus who died for our sins and who rose again so that we can have our sins forgiven and know God forever. And these are uh, wonderful things. And we're going to thank God that he never forgets us. We're going to uh, thank him in song in a minute. But first of all, we're going to pray and thank him that he never forgets us. Let's, let's pray together. Dear God, thank you that even though we sometimes forget things, you never forget us. Thank you for all that you have done for us through Jesus. Thank you for our family and friends. Thank you for holidays and other special times. Thank you that we can be together as your friends today. Amen. And we're going to sing, Thank You, Jesus, uh, Mission Praise number 633. Let's bring our prayers, including our prayers for others, to God now. Let's pray. Almighty God, you are mighty to save, and you delight to be the stronghold of our life, so that we may find in you all we need to stand firm in our faith. Help us to look to you at all times, and to recognize that you are able to work all things for the good of those who love you. Help us to meet with you day by day and receive your strength and comfort and the direction and encouragement we need to live with joy through the power of your Spirit. Help us to make the most of the opportunities you give us to share the good news of Jesus in our words and by our lives dedicated to your glory. We pray especially for our forthcoming Alpha Course 
beginning on the 20th of September, that people will find you to be the answer to all their questions. Loving Lord, we know that it is only by knowing you that we receive the life of Christ and are enabled to live as your servants and experience the joy of your loving presence. We pray for those around us who have yet to discover the life and joy of Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. We pray for those in our families. We pray for our neighbors. We pray for those in our places of work or study or leisure, those who belong to our community. Lord, send the wind of your Holy Spirit to blow away the obstacles to knowing you and anything that obscures the love of Christ. Begin with us, we pray, and light us with your holy fire that we may become beacons of light and love for Christ. Everlasting Father, we thank you that you care for us and invite us to bring to you our prayers for our world. We pray for those known to us and those we've heard about. We lift up to you those who are unwell, those who grieve, and those who find life a struggle. Lord, in your loving kindness and out of your heavenly riches, bring your healing, your comfort, your direction, and your provision for all those we remember silently before you now. Teach us, Lord, to live for your praise and glory and to be faithful in following Jesus, our Lord, in going where you lead us and reaching out with your hands of compassion as we share in your great mission to seek and to save the lost and to see your kingdom come and your will be done. For we pray all these things in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ, our living Savior and Lord. Amen. We continue our worship uh, now as we sing our third hymn, In the Cross of Christ I Glory. Our Old Testament reading this morning is from the Book of Lamentations, chapter 3, reading from verse 17 to 26. 
I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say, my splendor is gone and all that I hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I will remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. We are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is, to, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And the New Testament reading is from Matthew chapter 12, reading from verse 9 to 21. Going on from that place, he went into their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, If any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and was completely restored, just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. Aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. A large crowd followed him, and he healed all who were ill. He warned them not to tell others about him. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I, whom I have chosen, the one I love and whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smouldering wick, wick he will not snuff out till he has brought justice through to victory. In his name, the nations will put their hope. Amen. We continue singing hymn number four, Hope Has a Name. We all hope in something, right? In today's uh, contemporary culture, hope is... Hope has become a word which is more like a wishful thinking. Oh, I hope that this works out. I hope that happens. I hope he gets healed. I hope. But for Christians, our hope is like an anchor for the soul. And that hope has a name. And it is the name of Jesus. The name that is higher than every other name. Whatever be your problems, whatever be your sickness, whatever be... The situation you are going through, it will have a name. But take heart in this, that Jesus is the name above every other name. And at that name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is the Lord for the glory of God. So it's a new song that we are introducing. Uh, we'd like to first uh, sing the verse and the chorus for you, and then you all can join us.
a it's very simple and i feel that you all can join us along hope has a name there is a song i know it pray as we come to God's word. Lord, we thank you that uh, we join with heaven in the continual praise of your name. We join with your worshipping people throughout our world. We thank you, Lord, that uh, we can be part of that continual worship and praise of your name. 
And we thank you, Lord, that we are connected to you by your Spirit, that there is not a separation, there is a connection with you, and that your Word is living and active. And so we ask, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit you would speak to each one of our hearts. Lord, however we come today, whether we are feeling hope in our hearts or whether we are not feeling hope in our hearts, help us to know that we can have hope in you. So we ask, Lord, that you would open our eyes and our hearts to your word, to all that you want to say to us now. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, during our recent holiday in Fife, we attended a church which included a time during the service when people were encouraged to share a word of thanks to God or to share an encouraging word. Now, being a visitor, I wasn't necessarily expecting to contribute, but as others gave words of thanks to God, uh, I felt a strong impression that I was to give thanks for the hope that we have in God. I didn't say anything at first, but the more I kept silent, the stronger the impression was that this was something that God wanted me to do. And so at the next opportunity, I spoke out what I felt God had put on my heart, and it went something like this. Thank you, God, that we can always have hope in you, because you promise to be with us every day so that whatever we are going through and whatever we are facing, we can have hope for today and tomorrow and every day to come because you are there with us each day and you are the God of all hope and you always give us what we need through our Lord Jesus Christ. And later in the service that that day, uh, a visiting speaker was sharing about some new mission work that was starting locally, which was all about bringing hope for families who were struggling in various ways. He spoke about and shared examples of how God brings hope to those who, by human standards, are hopeless or feeling hopeless. And as I was preparing for today and and asking God about what uh, he wanted me to preach on in the coming weeks, I felt he was saying we need to hear about hope. We need to be reminded that we can have hope in God. Whatever our past, whatever our present, and whatever lies ahead of us. As it's been mentioned, we can hope in lots of things. We we might hope, for example, that the weather is good and that there be more sunny days before the autumn sets in. Well, recently, at least in Scotland, those hopes have been largely disappointed. We might hope for our sports team to do well. We might hope for better news. There are any number of things that we can hope for, but of course, not all those hopes will be fulfilled. What the Bible teaches us, however, is, and what we're going to be looking at in the coming weeks is how we can put our hope in God at all times and know that we can always trust Him. Now, hope is one of these major themes that we find in the Bible. And uh, just one example, the Apostle Paul in his uh, amazing passage on love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, a passage that you often hear at weddings, he highlights the importance and the place of not only love, but of faith and hope. He says that while some other things that we experience are temporary and will pass away, faith, hope, and love will remain for all time and for eternity. In the coming weeks, we'll be exploring the relationship between faith, hope, and love as we study this theme of hope. However, today we start at a place where hope seems very far away in the book of Lamentations. As the name of the book suggests, uh, Lamentations is a collection of laments, a series of poems expressing grief and sorrow at the turn of events. And more specifically, it's written 
as an expression of the grief and disappointment over God's people, over the demise of Jerusalem. In those days, Jeremiah the prophet records the sadness of the people after Jerusalem had been attacked and a temple in Jerusalem left in ruins. And most of God's people were taken away into exile in Babylon. And in Lamentations, there is a recognition that God's people had persistently turned from his ways. Despite many warnings and of all the consequences of continuing in their sin, And Lamentations speaks about their present plight being a direct result of their sin and the resulting judgment. But while these words were written in that particular historical setting, as we read them today, they also speak to us in any kind of disappointment or grief or sense of loss that we might be going through. As we read the first verses of today's passage in Lamentations chapter 3, we get a very vivid sense of hopelessness in the heart of the writer. In verses 17 and 18, it says, uh, I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. And so I say my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped for from the Lord. And the people have lost their livelihoods. They've lost their homes. And some have lost their families. And the temple, which was their pride and joy, has been destroyed. There is desolation. And so it's no wonder it says that all they hoped for from the Lord has gone. And then in the next two verses, 19 and 20, the writer records, uh, records some of his suffering, both physically, having um, to wander far from this life that was settled and cherished in the place uh, of, in Jerusalem, having to wander into exile. But he also records his suffering on the inside, how he is feeling bitter and downcast in his soul, how he knows that things are no longer as they were and that life has become hard. He says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall, I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. When these kind of Bible passages, we find some of these in in the Psalms, of course, as well. But in these passages, we're reminded that how we can pour out what is in our hearts in prayer. We can bring our disappointments, our discouragements, our grief, our darkest moments to God. These are things that we're we're not expected to carry by ourselves. Rather, the Bible encourages us to be honest about how we are in our lives with God. Because this kind of honesty, when we open up in prayer about our struggles, allows us to pass the things that weigh heavy on our hearts onto the broad shoulders of Almighty God. It allows us to find release from our burdens in God's presence and in his loving arms. Yet it's not only that we can find release from our burdens and comfort for our pain in God's presence. As we read on in the passage, we discover that we may also find hope, even in apparently hopeless situations. And that's because of the nature of who God is. He's not indifferent to us. He's not unaware of our struggles. And as I was saying earlier, he doesn't forget us. He never forgets us. He loves each one of us greatly. 
And so he wants us to know and experience his compassion and his power to save. And that's why the writer of Lamentations can say this in verses 21 to 23. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. While we live in a world of sin and sickness, trouble and pain, and while very often we see bad things happen to good people, when we invite God into every part of our lives, we open the door to hope because of his great love and compassion and his power to save. As we wait on God, and that's not a just waiting around being passive, it's actively bringing our concerns, our places of pain, our struggles to him in prayer day by day and persisting in that. As we wait actively in God, he shows us that there's always hope in him because of his everlasting love and faithfulness to us. And sometimes we see that hope fulfilled straight away. Sometimes we have to wait for it. Some hopes are fulfilled in eternity. As the writer of Lamentations says in verses 24 to 26, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait on him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Recently in my my own Bible readings, I was reading uh, again about the life of David and some of the troubles that he faced, King David in Israel. And I was struck by the way that David would almost always, not all the time, but almost always bring whatever matter was bothering him straight away to God. Even if it seemed overwhelming or insurmountable, I'm sure we're all familiar with the story of David and Goliath, But there's plenty other stories where you look at it from a human perspective and you think there's no way out. And he would just bring those to God. There was nothing that seemed too big to David to bring it before God and lay his concerns before him in prayer. I wonder, however, if there are things that we've left in the category this is too big for God, and try to struggle on ourselves. Or maybe hidden away certain difficult parts of our life experience to the category, God can't help me with this. Are there some things we've prayed about in the past, but not seen any apparent change, and so we've given up praying about them? I believe God is inviting us to come back to his loving presence and have our hope rekindled. He's inviting us to bring the things that we've never prayed about or stopped praying about or thought too big to pray about to him. Because when we come to him, when we come to Almighty God, we come to someone whose very name is hope. For God sent his son Jesus to bring hope to us and to every person and every situation and even, as it says, every nation in the world. That's what we read about in Matthew chapter 12, verse 21. Matthew, the writer of the gospel, quotes from the prophet Isaiah when he declares that in his name, that is the name of Jesus, in his name the nations will find their hope. I wonder, when we look at our world around, do we really believe that statement? In his name the nations will find their hope. 
in Jesus' name, the nations will find their hope. And in the preceding verses, we have this wonderful example of the hope that Jesus can bring in the story of the man who has a shriveled hand being healed on the Sabbath. And Jesus, in so doing, breaks the rules and regulations, the things that the religious leaders of the time seem to place their hope in to show how much God loves and values us, working for our good, even in the most difficult circumstances. Despite the opposition, our Lord Jesus shows clearly how God is the God of hope for this man with the shriveled hand when he says, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. Jesus confronted with the lack of compassion in these people, in these leaders for this man, shows God's compassion. And our risen and ascended Lord, our living Lord, can also bring hope to us today. We may not have a hand that is shriveled and needs healing, but there may be some aspect of our life in which hope has shriveled and disappeared. Today our Lord wants to remind us how greatly valued we are, how he remembers us, and how much God loves us, that he has given everything for us through Jesus so that we can find hope in him. Just as we were singing, hope is not just something that we look forward to. Hope has a name, and that name is Jesus. And so we can know God's hope that lasts, because we can know Jesus Christ as our living Lord and Savior. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you that you are our living hope, that you are the hope for the world, that you are the hope for our country, for our city, for our community, for our church family, for our own families, for ourselves. You are the God of all hope. So help us, Lord, to take your hand by faith and walk in the presence of hope as we walk with you, Lord Jesus, by your Spirit. Infuse us by your Spirit with that knowledge of your love that lasts forever and of the hope that we have, that sure and certain hope that nothing in this life, nothing in life or death, nothing in all the world as it is or as it shall be can take away. Help us to put our trust in you in all the areas we have backed off. We've thought things can never change, that you're not interested even. Forgive us, Lord, and help us to reach out in faith once more, to know that you speak words of hope, of wholeness and healing over us, that you are our God who gives us hope. So, Lord, we thank you that uh, you provide everything that we need for our daily needs as well. We thank you for that gift of forgiveness, for life everlasting, for every spiritual blessing that we receive out the riches of Christ Jesus our Lord. And so we ask that today you would bless and multiply the gifts that we bring for the work of your kingdom as we also present ourselves to live for you and for your glory. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
We conclude our service of worship as we sing our closing hymn, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. Mission Praise number 473. Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you this day and remain with you always. Amen. <laughs>